Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Subscribe to the Captain's Run on Apple and Spotify or where all good podcasts are downloaded. Give us a text 0457 736 736. Ask us all your rugby league questions and make sure you're following us on Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is. I don't know what it is these days. There's probably a new there's a new uh, <laughs> social media platform I'm not aware of. Give us a follow on all of them. Now, let's get straight into it. First of all, Smithy, how are you, brother? Campy, I'm, mate, I'm going really good. I'm going really good. Another week closer to the finals. Some good games across the weekend. Mate, the Matildas are on tonight. Oh, my God. I'm so nervous. We'll, we'll, um, we'll have to touch on that a bit later. Um, talk about our our mighty Matildas taking on the Poms, the Lioness. Are they the Lionesses? The Lionesses? Yep. Eight o'clock tonight. So um, just to let everyone know, that's where I, I will be on my couch fixed to the TV I hope everyone else is tuning in as well. I know you will be, Campy. You're a big – do you call it football or soccer still? I call it football now because I'm trying to look football. like I'm cool because it's, cool okay. it's cool to like soccer now. Right. Whereas when I was growing up, you were a little weirdo. Right. But now it's cool. So I'm saying football. And I even say it with an accent too. Um, football. To make it even more cringe. Now, <laughs> let's get into the rugby league chat. <laughs> Some huge, huge news. First of all, Payne Haas reportedly re-signing with the Brizzy Broncos and also Tevita. Tavita Pangai Jr. retiring, question mark? Mm. Smithy, first of all, Payne Haas reportedly re-signing. It's, it's all over the news. It's in every outlet. So you'd assume that it's true. Yes. Um, now, no confirmation from the club yet, which would be, you know, almost a disaster if they come out and say, oh, hang on a second, it hasn't been done. But <laughs> by all, you know, assuming it's true, what are your thoughts mm. on the whole situation, the three-year deal, the amount that's reported, or every asset of it, facet of it? Um, yeah, no, well, Obviously, big news and, and great news for the Broncos, uh, first and foremost, and particularly all the fans. They're sort of hanging out to see what was going to happen with Payne. There was talks about you know possibly moving elsewhere, whether it be to Melbourne, Sydney, or, or even the possibility of going over to, to rugby. I know we discussed that last week, Kempi, but great to see Payne Haas, if it is true, which I believe it will be. I, I don't think there'd be so many news outlets talking about it if there wasn't some sort of truth behind it, um, that he's going to be staying first and foremost in the NRL. But secondly, I think it's great that he's going to stay a Bronco as well. It's where he started his career and it's where he's um, taking himself to that level now as a as a elite front rower of our game. Um, it's been all through the guidance of, you know, people at the Broncos. So um, great that he's staying there. Three and a half million, a lot of dollars. Three and a half million for three years is what's been written, hasn't it, Kempi? So yep. um, a fair bit of juggling that's going to need to happen at the Broncos over the next couple of years because they've got to try and find some money to keep or retain Reese Walsh. Mm. They're going to have to upgrade guys like Ezra Mam and, and Paddy Carrigan as well. So um, I think this guy, though, was he was their main man. I think they needed to lock him away um, and then you know, possibly try to you know weave their magic, work their magic. Um, and talking to the other guys to say, hey, look, you've got you know, the best prop in the game at the moment. Many regard as the best prop in the game at the moment. Let's try and stay here and, and build something special. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I think what is surprising, I guess, is how surprised some people are at how quickly the situation changed. But I do believe it's a really good, I guess, cautionary tale of only read what Payne Haas and the management have said. You know, there was this idea that he'd rejected the deal, he's going to November 1st, and he's, you know, when in reality, when you only read what the management or Payne Haas has said, they only said they're still in talks and... Yeah. And this is what's happened. So it's not actually this huge turnaround out of nowhere where Payne Haas has gone, okay, no, I want to stay. I think that they were just being honest. I think they mm. were, you know, we're in talks and we're trying to, you know, get the best deal possible for Payne. Um, I'm really happy for Payne. And I think that he, through this contract, whether it be his management fault, whether it be Brisbane's fault, whether it be the media's fault, whoever's fault, you can a, a place blame wherever you want. I do think he's been a bit unfairly... Um, treated? Treated, because... To, to say that, you know, he shouldn't be considering going to open market and the implication mm. that he was almost being a bit selfish, I think that's really unfair on the kid, mm. um, especially when, you know, the fact that he is most likely, will you know, pretty much signed, the fact that he has, it just proves that, well, he was never really about that whole narrative that was beginning to be created of this guy that was going to go to market, put all this pressure on his players and his brothers and his, you know, that he plays with each week in the club. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the, I guess, the price and the length, Smithy? Yeah, well, I like the um, – well, when, you, when you're when lining up against, say, a Tino Faso or Malawi, which is an, another, you know, huge signing during the past week, a 10-year deal, Kempi, mm. for, for $12 million. And good on Tino for securing that deal for, for his future, for his family's future as well. I, I like the three-year deal. Mm. I, I think it's just a it's, a – it's a good length of time for both player and club. I think it's a good balance there to, you know, to sort of see – after two seasons, you know, Payne Haas is the type of guy that I don't feel, unless he, you know, takes it to that last season, I think the Broncos will want to continue to extend his contract. There's no doubt about that. If his form continues, and it's all, you know, it's all based around performance, our game. If his form continues, and he's showing no reason at the moment why that would drop off all of a sudden, particularly in the next two years... If that continues, then I, I dare say the Broncos will come to him early and would like to, you know, try and extend him further. Um, so I like a three-year contract. I really like that. I think that's a bit of a sweet spot for for players, um, where you know they sort of when they sign in, when they sign. I, I find that players at times they can right if they sign longer than three years. Sometimes they can get just a little bit comfortable, Kempy. Um, just knowing that, well, look, my long-term future's, you know, relatively secure. Um, you know, I've got a five-year deal, I've got a six-year deal, whatever it's going to be. And I, I don't think they really, you know, at times they don't really get the best out of themselves because they know they've got that long-term deal. Whereas the three-year deal, you know, like if if he wanted to, he could probably ease off a little bit, which you, you wouldn't expect him to do. But, you know, the, the soon – that that new term, you know, you're coming off contract relatively quickly after that that first year. So, um, I, I like the three year deal compared mm. to say like a ten year deal. Like the ten year deal with Tino, if we can discuss that quickly, oh, that's that's fantastic for Tino, mm. fantastic for Tino and his family. But I think all the risk is on the club. Mm. Like what happens if he picks up like a long term injury? He misses a lot of football. They're still forking out that money. What happens if his form drops off after five years? Mm. Like what happens then? Yeah. You got a five-year, you know, contract that you have to pay at one point two if if the figures are correct. 
for someone that's not playing the football that they were playing, you know, when they signed that 10-year deal. So I think it's smart by both player and club with Payne Haas' situation for the three-year deal. And three and a half million, look, that's a lot of money. He, he would get paid that same that or similar amounts of money um, at most other clubs in the competition. The What I've touched on before, though, the... You know, the work, the hard work now is to try and fit those other players in that need to be retained by the Broncos. Yeah, I love the three years for both parties, for both parties. And also I think it, you know, sends a bit of a, a strong message. It seems like the time of it, because it's obviously it's next year, the year after the year after that. It's not actually after 2024. It starts, I think, starts. in 2024, yeah. which I actually really like, I guess, the message that sends, in my opinion, where he's going, look, this is a premiership window. This is the time I think we might be able to get one. And then kind of – because I, I do believe winning a premiership is part of the reason why he's chosen to stay. I do believe yeah, that absolutely. If, if the club was in the same position it was in 2018 or 19 or whenever won the spoon, I actually think he probably would be better Knows. off leaving. Yeah. Um, because he is he is a premiership winning calibre player and it would be a travesty of a guy of his talent not to win a comp before his career is up. Mm. Um, so I actually really like for both parties as well because from the Broncos' perspective – it, you've got to have faith that you can develop players coming through so that if that three-year rolls up and Reese Walsh is upgraded, Ezra Mann becomes who you think you are, and all these players, Paddy, you've got to have faith that, you know, you're never going to be able to replace Payne Haas, but at least no. someone, you've got time to develop someone, hopefully, that can step into his shoes if worst-case scenario happens and they, you know, part ways. Yeah, and, and and they've got a pretty good stable there at the moment, don't mm. they, Can't be Like, there's some relatively young forwards still in that squad that, that are playing some pretty good football. They're just starting to get a taste of NRL right now. But, you know, I think this will be huge for them. And, I, and I'm glad I'm glad it's been signed off or it looks like it is going to be signed off by finals time. Mm. You know, it's all going to be locked away and, and sorted. So it's, it's just – it's one less distraction. Mm. It's one less distraction for the Broncos heading into what's a really – you know, the most important part of their year. Um, they're, they're pretty much, I think they're guaranteed a top two finish now um, after winning last weekend against Parramatta. So um, they're going to get two home finals, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, whether that's week one and week two or week one and a prelim, they will have two home finals to play. So it's, this is, this is the greatest opportunity for the Broncos in a long, long time mm. to go out and win a premiership. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's great. And I'm stoked for Payne. I'm stoked for the, the group of boys there. They, they're they a really tight um, – yeah, they're, they're a tight crew. They really are a well, tight crew. Well, mate, you had the opportunity. I actually um, – I seen you in the coach's box on our coverage, Channel 9's coverage uh, last week against Parramatta. So how were how were the boys? Yeah, it was good. Actually, we were sitting there watching the game, and obviously I was giving Kevy some tips. I was like, Oi. <laughs> What were you saying? I said, Oi, <laughs> Renault's a good kicker. <laughs> and I said, see that big fellow in the middle there? Pretty good at post-contact meters. Just so you know, Kevy. Um, and we had oh. a little, I heard a little tap on the window and yes. Smithy's little head was there. He was in the commentary box <laughs> next to me. The captain's run is taking over, Smithy. Yeah, we're taking, taking over. over the whole joint. <laughs> no, it was really, really good. It was really good mm. to see. And it was good to see the environment the boys are, are really um, creating and also their own legacy, which I'm really happy for them that – of course, they're wearing the jersey that past legends like Lockie, Alfie, Kevy wore. But mm. I'm just really happy for the guys that they genuinely have their own vibe, their own legacy. But at the same time, 
all of those core things that you saw of those early Broncos that were so, so good, you're mm. seeing them in the players today. This this almost just attack from anywhere, this ability to almost think that, you know, no matter what, we are a better side than the people we're coming up against. Yeah. And it was really, really good to see that. And I think also being in the coaches box, seeing Kevy and the coaching staff, just mm. a really well-balanced coaching staff. Like they all offered different things. Like seeing Kevy be able to pick apart a game was really impressive. Obviously, it's Kevy Walters. Of course he can. But just yeah. to see it in action was really impressive. Um, yeah, mate. Um, next time, next time you're up there, though, can you can you just ask Kevy if he if he can just try and crack a smile? <laughs> twenty four blot was it twenty four blot at half time, and he mate, he's just no, he looks like a sad sack, mate. Come on, Kev. Look, he, look, he was smiling on the inside. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> 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 oh, it was great. It was really good. Um, now let's get to Tavita Pangai Junior. Yeah. Um, reportedly has said he's retiring from rugby league. Now the reports mm. are suggesting it's because he wants to take up a boxing career. Mm-hmm. Um, almost out of nowhere, I guess. What were your thoughts on this whole, I guess it was almost a bombshell really. It yeah. came out of nowhere. Yeah, it was, mate. And I was quite shocked. Given, you know, given he just, he got his opportunity at State of Origin level this year for the very first time. Um, it just, you know, and he's like, as far as you know, rugby league players are concerned, I, I just, I thought that, you know, he's been around for a little bit now, but still, he's only 27, I think he is. So, mm. still plenty of years left left in um, his career, you know, to play. But you know, I think if he's got that that bug, which a lot of players are, are, are trying now, sort of that that cross sport um, opportunities, particularly with the boxing. I, I think I've seen something written that maybe Nelson Nasofa Solomon or as well Kempi mm. is going to go for a um, a heavyweight fight as well. So. Um, you know, the players have interests away from the game. Um, and just m- maybe maybe it's got to the point where Tevita has just said, well, you know, like I've, I've played NRL now for several seasons. Um, I've played State of Origin. I want to try something new. Mm. He, he's, he's leaving a, um, you know, like he's, again, you know, we talk about, you know, figures and, and what's tossed around. And it's reported that he's on, you know, three quarters of a million dollars a year so he's leaving that behind so if he, if he's going across and he has announced that this will be his final season playing rugby league I'm sure he, he'd have to have some sort of um you know program or some fights lined up already mm. he'd have to would would you think that like I know you're you you follow the the sort of the combat sport a bit more than I do but mm. you'd like to think he's got some work lined up some fights lined up Oh, for sure, and also you know, watching him box in his last fight, he's he's got skill, absolutely, and he's a mm. he's a decent boxer. So he's not just um, yeah, you know, he's not a bad footy boxer. He's actually he's quite skillful. You know, mm. I understand it's his decision, and whatever makes Tavita happy, that's all yeah. that's all that really matters at the end of the day. But you know, as analysts, I guess we've got to give our opinion on such a big bit of news in rugby league. I mm. do have to say, like, if it is his last game of rugby league, I'm I'm a bit sad for the bloke because he. Yeah has so much potential and he could have impacted rugby league so substantially that I just feel like, geez, you had more to offer. Now that's completely, it doesn't mean anything if he's not happy and he doesn't enjoy rugby league, like yeah. then it's like whatever. But from a purely selfish perspective of, of me wanting to see Tavita Pangai Jr. Terrorize mm. the competition. Geez, it's, it's, it's tough to it's swallow. It's a shame, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it is a shame. Like, and and that's what I was saying before. Like, you know, rugby league fans, you hate to see players leave the game, but you know that it's, he just might be at a point in his life now, Kempy, where he just thinks, well, you know, 
I've done the things that I wanted to do in the game. And like, you know, he got his opportunity to play for New South Wales this year. That might have been one of his goals to tick off, and he did it. And just thought, you know what, I might, I'm ready for a change. I want to do something different. I want to challenge myself in a different sport. Um, yeah, I, I say good luck to him. Um, you know, I, you don't want to see players leave the game, particularly you know talented guys like Davida Pangai Jr. But it's uh, you can't hold people back either, mate. Mm, mm. You know, when they want to try something new or want to go do something different with their life. I think, you know, good luck to them. And, you know, as I said, he's only 27. So if if he goes away and, you know, he tries the boxing game for a couple of years and it's not quite his thing, I, I think there'll be an opportunity for him to come back. I will say, you know, with my limited, you know, just a casual fan of boxing, if he fully commits himself to boxing, he could do some damage in the heavyweight division for sure in this country, in my opinion. Um, really? Yeah, he is. He's got all the athletic ability. As a, he has to obviously commit himself fully to the game and, you know, we have to work on his fitness and all of those things. But technically mm. and physically with his explosiveness for how big he is, his, his knockout power that will I think will be there. I mm. actually think he can do some pretty substantial things uh, in Australian boxing. I'm not sure about international boxing, but mm-hmm. Australian boxing at the very least, I think that he could um, – I think that if he commits himself fully mm. for the next few years, he could challenge for an Australian title at the very least. Wow. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's a solid box, boxer, and he has all of the physical attributes you would need for an explosive, powerful heavyweight. So, what's what's his background? Can be like, does, has he boxed since he was a young fella? I'm not sure. All I know is is that watching his last fight, technically mm-hmm. he was quite sound for his experience level as a sec. You know, his second fight, yeah, yeah. and he wasn't a yeah. full time. You know, the only other guys that have that kind of level in um, current players is probably Junior Paulo. That yep. those two are really the only ones outside of um, Josh Alloway, but he boxes a junior. Mm-hmm. Those guys can actually box box. Um, really? But it's just a matter of, you know, the issues he had in league of sometimes not being, I guess, as dedicated as you, as you would hope. Can he maybe fix that in boxing? Maybe he will because it's an individual sport, so it's a different environment. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's a, it's a, I don't think it's a crazy venture where he's just walking into a completely like if he was to go to soccer or something, I'd go, look, there's just no way he's just doesn't have the <laughs> physical attribute to be a soccer player. But for mm. boxing, I actually think he, he might go all right if he commits himself to his training and he's, you know, he's got Sonny Bill in his corner and you know, all of those boys that have been there and done that. So yeah, we shall see. Mm. We shall see. Now we're going to head to a break before the break though, later in the show, we have Queensland rugby league CEO, Ben Iken. We've got Rabbitohs hooker, Damien Cook, Plus, we talk about Sheen's stepping down as Tigers coach. Mm-hmm.